0: Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the number one international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on the show, we have Vincent Jenna. As a young adult, Vincent found himself blessed with keen psychic and mediumship abilities, which he chose to develop. Over the last 35 years, with a commitment to being the best he can be, he has trained with the world's most renowned medium tutors, including James Van Prague, Tony Stockwell at the Arthur Finley College of Psychic Sciences in England. He's also a practiced hospice clinical social worker, an experience that allowed him the privilege of helping more than 500 patients peacefully transition through their dying process while comforting and supporting their families and friends. To complement his work as a psychic and medium, he has earned a BA in psychology and a master's in social work, essential to giving his clients a highly skilled approach to leading them through pain and out of the darkness. Vincent is a keynote speaker, teacher, and a highly sought-after radio and television guest. His combination of innate psychic abilities, academic credentials, and his authentic Caring and charming delivery is why Vincent has come to be known as a triple power. You can visit his website, which is vincentjenna.com, to find out more about him, his upcoming events and workshops, and even a cruise he is putting on in January 2020. Vincent will also be one of the presenters at the upcoming Soul Summit Scottsdale, which will be held September 12th through 15th, 2019, and you can find out more at soulsummitscottsdale.org. Vincent, Jenna, my new friend, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Oh my God, Sandra, what an intro. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Wonderful to have you. Yeah, sometimes it's very humbling to realize, oh, that's me. I've done all those things and that's who I am for the world. But you certainly are. And I feel really blessed that we get to spend some time together today.
1: Well, that's fabulous. I feel the same way. And, and yes, you're, you are right. It is very humbling. And it's actually what I try to teach to people, because I'm like, if if somebody introduced you just like this to a show, how would you feel about what you heard said about yourself? And most people are very, oh gosh, I'd be so embarrassed. Oh my gosh, that would sound so silly. And I'm like, why? Why does it make us feel uncomfortable to heal, hear good things or accomplishments about ourselves? And that's, one of the major reasons why I do some of the work that I do is to help people understand their value and greatness and magnificence. You know what I mean, Sandra?
0: I sure do. And I can always use a boost to that myself. Yeah. Sometimes that ego mind or the negative mind creeps in and we'll get into that because I love that part about you. I love what you're up to. I spent quite a bit of time watching videos with you, kind of stalking you a little bit, but I'm so inspired. So Let's hear your story. Would you mind letting us know because I mean you said at a young age you found out you were psychic and medium. Tell us more.
1: Well, definitely a younger age. I wish I was around like 5 years old and I walked into my bedroom and there was an angel sitting on the foot of my bed to tell <laughs> me um you're you're going to do great things in your life, you know, it would have been a lot easier. Um Usually, it was my mother sitting at the edge of the bed with a belt in her hand because she was going to wallop me for something I did wrong i don 't know oh no, um, but it, it didn't happen until I was twenty eight years old. oh gotcha. and um uh, yeah yeah um and in in hindsight, I guess I was working my way in that direction, um becoming a spiritual teacher because of the interests that I had. And my personality, I, I, my uncle deemed me the little professor (laughs) because I would always get involved in all the adult conversations, right? Uh, whether wanted or not. And I would interject my opinions and, and they would just look at me and, you know, mom would smack me the side of my head and the others would laugh. And my uncle would call me the little professor Um, And I didn't know where that was going to lead. And then by 13 years old, I got involved with my church as an altar boy. I don't know, maybe that's a law in the state of New York. If you're Italian and you live in New York um, and you're Roman Catholic, you must become an altar boy at 13 years old. I don't know. Every kid was an altar boy back then. It was so funny. Right. But I used to have arguments with the priests that... They were teaching God and Jesus wrong. Now, that definitely landed me in trouble at home, because when the priest shared any of that with my parents, just had a casual conversation, uh, mom thought, oh my gosh, she's a heathen, an evil person here, he's questioning God and arguing with the priest. You don't do that, you know, back in my day, right? Right. I did, because I was just this little cocky kid, You know, and so when I look at that, and I go, why was I so interested in the church, even though I didn't necessarily like the way they were teaching religion? So then we'll jump fast forward to when I'm 28 years old, and I had a friend, uh, he actually became my friend, he was my original tormentor throughout my youth until I was 17 years old. Because I was the kid who was bullied. All you, all that bullying that you see yes. that goes on, I was the kid that was bullied. I was chased. I was beat up when I was caught. I was shoved in lockers and my head flushed in toilets and thrown in dumpsters and peed on and spit on in the boys' gym. And oh, no. um, then when I got home, yeah, it wasn't any safer at home because mom had some mental pathologies because of her childhood. The torment she went through. So she used to take them out on me and my brother. And I used to get beat a lot for no reason at all. And then I was sexually molested. Um, And so I had all of that going for me. And this one kid was the guy who used to encourage the kids in school to antagonize me and pick on me. Um, But at our high school reunion, our first year high school reunion, he became a close friend of mine. Now, one of the things that instigated that, besides everybody grew up, um, I was in the movie Grease with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. I was a singer, actor, and dancer in that. Yes, I was. That's my greatest claim to fame, Sandra. It it was so much fun. It really was. Um, But, of course, growing up in a small town like Levittown in New York on Long Island, um you know, there was all these news articles about, you know, local boy makes it big. Um I didn't have a starring role, but according to them I made it big anyway. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of years later is my reunion and I go to it, um kind of with the chip on my shoulder. I'm married. I already have a son by this time by the reunion at twenty-eight years old. And um so I go and everybody just kind of warms up to me. You know, like I'm this great hero or something, you know, and this kid who caused my antagonism, um, he warmed up to me the most and uh, gave, gave me a big hug at the beginning of the night. And he wouldn't let me go, sat by my table, so totally befriended me the whole nine yards, you know, brought the other jocks over to my table and thought, oh, my God, man, you got to really get to know Jenna over here. Oh, my God, she's so cool. he's so funny, right? Right. And so we got closer and closer as uh, the few years went by, but I was noticing a pattern with him that nobody else was noticing. I was feeling that things in his life were absolutely falling apart, even though... He was bragging about how great they were. He did marry his childhood sweetheart, so he was bragging about that to me all the time. Oh, things are going great. I've got three wonderful kids. I've got this incredible job. I'm making so much money. I've got a beautiful condo in Connecticut, and I'm just hearing BS in my head Mm -hmm. every time he spoke. I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. So one weekend, uh, my wife and I spent the weekend with him, and that that was a breaking point for me, Because on the way home, I felt my heart breaking and I felt it was his. And I was crying and, and my wife had no idea why I was feeling that because she didn't sense anything. And I just cried out to God then in the car ride home. You've got to help me. I don't know how to help my friend and I know he's hurting. Give me the ability. Give me anything. To be able to help him and people like him, because having been tormented myself, I knew what it was like to have my self-esteem and self-belief torn away and self-love. Right. And that's what I feel he was going through. So it was within a week's time, Steven Spielberg himself couldn't come up with a movie any better than what happened in my life for a couple of months after that prayer. I mean, it was crazy stuff, Sandra. It was just it was amazing. It was, you know, the type of thing that, that my wife didn't know whether I was going crazy myself because of all these paranormal things were happening. So that's what instigated it is the desire to help him. That's what started the whole thing.
0: Well, that's fantastic. And what kind of things happened? You just kind
1: of oh, curious. Oh God. Okay. That's I'm a little taste seven years prior to that, we were living in California. So uh, yeah, I was used to all of the, the crazy stuff that went on in California between the acting stuff and also the metaphysical world, the paranormal world that would just hurt things here and there about it. The movie Poltergeist the guys had just come out. So that was really famous. Right. And, and everybody's talking about ghosts and psychics and get people and scare you know, all of that. And I was, Really, not interested in it, but at least I had gotten the flavor of it. But mm-hmm. well, when we were back in New York after I said that there, um, all of a sudden, you know, my friends come to me and he, he winds up introducing me to this psychic who comes to the house to do parties for fun. And I was like, oh, all right, what the heck. So my wife and I had this psychic come over. And though it was supposed to be this fun party with, you know, some of my friends were there and we would all get private meetings. And by the time she got to me, it was a complete change in my life. Now, mind you, I was an actor. I was a performer. All I cared about, the only reason why I would even want to talk with the psychic, because she was going to affirm that I'm going to win an Academy Award someday. <laughs> all right. That's all I cared about. All okay. right. so That's why I had her over. Instead I go into the room she's like oh my gosh I can't touch your hands I can't touch you the soul of Jesus is around you you're going to become a spiritual teacher oh my gosh you're so powerful and I'm like I'm sorry what are you talking about and and she's like no you are not going to be a performer well don't tell somebody whose greatest dream To be a performer, that you're not going to be a performer. That's what you see. You're going to be a spiritual teacher. What are you talking about? Does Jesus know I was eating his body and drinking his blood behind the altar before church every Sunday? You know, while I was an altar boy back there with all the wafers. You know, that's all we did is we ate those wafers back there. They tasted
0: great. Funny. Right? Yeah, I grew up Catholic, so I I
1: can relate. There you go. So you know what I'm talking about. I do. And meanwhile, he's telling me, Jesus is around me, and I'm going to be a spiritual teacher, and Jesus is going to help me with it. That started it. Then what was happening from that point on, I, my curiosity was so piqued, cool, my wife and I. Now, my wife had been with me since I was 17 years old.
0: Nice. So
1: we've been together for 46 years. She knows me that long, right? Mm-hmm. And so in the beginning, she knew I didn't know any of this stuff. And all of a sudden, as the time kept going on, all of this information kept coming to me, all of this validation that I'm going to be the spiritual teacher. I started to be able to read people's minds. I was getting very telepathic. Um, I was, I was seeing the future that would happen instantaneously within a minute, within five minutes, within a day, um, I was starting to see spirits around me. Um, and then most of all, all of this information was pouring into my mind. And eventually eventually at one point I started what we know now as trancing, and the spirit came out of me, my higher self, my guide. He introduced himself as Joseph. Even Jesus, even though Jesus was there helping me, this this Joseph from Canaan, you know Joseph, Joseph and the amazing technicolor dream yes, co Joseph? Yes. yes. Well, he started speaking for me. I was channeling way before Jerry and Esther Hicks were channeling uh, Joseph. I'm sorry, Abraham. Mm -hmm. And um, so so all of this, and, and, and if it wasn't for my wife, who knew I didn't know any of this, we would have certainly thought I was going crazy. But then I was being introduced to people who understood this. Even one afternoon... I'm watching Oprah, said I'm home with my son, and we're watching Oprah, and Shirley MacLaine comes on, and she's talking about the new book she just wrote, Out on a Limb. and she comes out of the spiritual closet talking about all of these experiences she's had, and it was very similar to experiences I had, so she normalized for me what I was going through, like, oh my gosh, a matter of fact, um, I almost worked for Shirley McLean because she came to New York to do a workshop and she wanted me as one of her volunteers to help her out. Um, I had written her and I told her all about what I was going through. But then, of course, I couldn't do it because my cousin was getting married and in Italians, you've got to call your cousin's weddings, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, So I missed out on that. But that's where it all began. And then slowly but surely, all those things kept happening to me. But it took me a while to really accept that. And then turn it into my full time position that I'm doing now with it. So I was still an obstinate.
0: Say that again. We have a little strange connection that, you know, not always coming in as clear, but oh. I, I feel blessed that oh, we have technology that we're connecting. So we'll do the best we can. I know,
1: absolutely, right? Um, I was an obstinate guy. So even with all this information that was coming to me, I still didn't know what to do with it. How was I going to be a spiritual teacher? I still wanted to be a performer. So it took me quite some time to get to where I am today and um, several lessons and a lot of research. And I did do a lot of research. That One of the things that I did right away is start researching what was happening to me, taking classes. I was directed to the Edgar Casey material. I studied that upside down, inside out. I uh, went to Virginia Beach to experience um, the Association for Research Enlightenment. As much as I could feed myself, I wanted to know what was going on. And as I was learning new material, it wasn't new to me because all of a sudden I would know it. You know, I, it was just in there. It was in the opening. Even though I never had heard about the metaphysical world or New Age or the paranormal,
0: I thought everybody in California who was into that were woo crazy people. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, exactly, sure. Vincent, I just got Ryan a funny, funny visual that the uh, those in the spirit world are looking for messengers. And so they're like, oh, here's a good one. And they're just throwing like bait in the water, you know, and all these different things start oh. happening to you. And then all of a sudden you started saying, there's something real here. And they're like, we got one on the hook. <laughs> and then more things started coming. your way. Oh
1: my gosh. I can see. Oh my gosh. I can imagine who was fishing for me and not me. I I hope they certainly believe that they got a, a winner and just not some, um, you know, bottom eating uh, blowfish. Cause <laughs> that's what oh, I no. used to catch when I went fishing.
0: No, no, you, you're Marlon. You're great. And what, <clears throat> when, when, when did you start not, not only having psychic abilities, but seeing deceased people. Cause that's a whole nother ball game. When you start recognizing that it people is. you're seeing, especially cause here on we don't die. We love hearing those stories of why you believe in the afterlife.
1: Right, of course, of course. Well, the the interesting thing is, prior to that happening, I actually had a couple of experiences myself, um, not in a positive way, in a negative way. Right after the movie Poltergeist, we were still living in California at the time, and I was just friends that um, lived nearby, and they were telling me that their house was haunted, um, but they had moved out of the house. Uh, but there's still a ghost there and anybody who rents the house winds up experiencing the ghost and then reason. Oh my gosh. Uh, That really made me curious to the point that one night, um, I took what I now know as an astral projection and I left my body and went into that house, saw the ghost, but then the ghost was chasing me and scared the crap out of me. And, um, I landed back into my body, and that was such a negative experience for me. So that was the first time I had seen anything. So then by the time I started to, to get the abilities I was getting when I asked for them, that was coming around a little bit slower. The psychic part came quicker, came right away. I was knowing the past, the present, the future of people's lives very easily. But then, as time went by, spirits, good spirits, started introducing themselves to me. And I would be like, okay, wow. Oh, and, and maybe I was good doing a part time reading with somebody because I only did it part time. I, I agreed, okay, somebody came up to me and said, you should do readings. Whenever they heard my story and they got to know me. And I was like, all right, I learned how to do. Some psychic readings, and then I started working at a psychic fair. And then, as I was doing that, after a couple of years, all of a sudden, people would enter, spirits would enter, and I'd be in the middle of a reading, and I'd be looking next to me, and there's a woman or an older woman, a younger woman, a man, a child. And um, I started asking the people, okay, uh, is your mom deceased? Because there's a person standing next to me right now who says she's your mom, and that's how it started, but it, it, it they were to help me with my psychic readings, so I wasn't doing full mediumship yet. I was allowing my connection to occur, but it was to help me with the psychic readings I was giving and the messages behind the psychic readings. I went very deep really quick. In my readings, for some reason, something guided me to see the depth of every human who sat in front of me, their psyche. Um, And I would just know things about them and their lives. And we'd start talking about their blockages and what's getting in the way very early on. But still, I wasn't doing that full time because I didn't think I was supposed to do it full time. I didn't know what I was really other than what I was doing part time. I didn't know anything else I was supposed to do with it. Um, And so I had a different job, full-time job at the time. And an automobile accident took me out of that full-time job. I couldn't do it anymore. I was actually an entertainer, still an entertainer, but a mobile disc jockey. Wow. And I was still pursuing acting at the same time because I still wanted to do that. But I was a mobile disc jockey doing parties. I even had my own business after a while. But an automobile accident stopped me from being able to do that. And because I, 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 I injured my back, I couldn't carry back in my days. We were carrying large crates of albums and 45s. You know, we weren't on CDs or even flash drives yet. So um, I had to stop. And I was reading one time. One of my clients who used to come to me all the time, said to me, "Um, okay, so I, I shared that I was in an accident and I couldn't do the work and I didn't know what I was going to do. And he turned around and he said, why don't you go back to school and get your degree in counseling? Because I get more help from you, from my readings with you, than I do my own therapist. That's great. And so... I talked it over with my wife and she thought it was an incredible idea. However, we already had two kids by now. She was the only one working full time. And she said, the only way that this is going to work, because I had not been to college at all. So I needed to start from the beginning. Hmm. Right. So that was several years. And she said, you go, let's, we'll, we'll support the family with my salary. She had a decent job at the time. But it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't that good. We were still living in New York and had a lot of expenses, but I went back to school full-time. So there's my son, my daughter, and myself all in school full-time. We used to sit at the kitchen table after dinner to do our homework, you know, helping each other. They would help me with math. I would help them with, with some English and some other things in biology, whatever. And um, I finally, I had gone through seven years of college straight through and obtained my BA in psychology and then my master's in clinical social work. I figured, let me add that then. I'll, I, I'll, I'll be a, a, a psychotherapist who's psychic. So I go and psychic therapist. Because I don't wanna I don't wanna hang a shingle outside with a palm on it. No and call me brother Vinny. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I do. just didn't want that. I wanted to I wanted more credibility. So I became a psychotherapist and that's what I was doing for several years. But that became frustrating because I had to go by their guidelines. Once you become a psychotherapist and you're licensed You have to go by their guidelines. Don't give answers to the clients. Let them come up with the answers themselves. Even though I'm sitting there and I'm feeling and I'm knowing exactly what they're going through, my supervisors used to say to me, Vince, I don't understand it. You have a sixth sense or something because you can accurately diagnose a patient within five minutes of meeting them, and it's usually supposed to take like a week or two or something. And I was like, yeah, I guess maybe I'm lucky, I, you know, I didn't <laughs> want to say, oh, I am psychic, Right. you know, in the science world, you know. So I used that for a while, but then I just gave up the license because I said, this is ridiculous. I know what their problem is as soon as they walk in the door. Some way or another, I have to be able to give a reading, use my psychotherapy background, but let's get to the root of the problem right away. Yes. I mean, by, it, by the time we wait for everybody to come up with their own answers to their issues, that's 12 years that have gone by, and we can get to it right away. They still have to accept it themselves. They still have to put in their own work. Right. So I decided then at that point to become a full-time psychic and the mediumship just grew on its own Um, and it was one day that I worked with James Van Praag we were speaking together at an expo and we're out having dinner and he turns around and he says to me, you need to come to California and take my week class because you got to get out of your head. You get out of your head, you're going to open up your mediumship abilities and doors beyond belief. And I said, okay. <laughs> and and my wife was always supportive of everything that I did, especially with this. I went out to California for a week, and it was from that point on, after working with James, that I focused on doing mediumship readings as well. They were just coming to me, giving me incredible messages, and really learning about the afterlife. And while I was a psychotherapist, I also had gotten a full-time job as a hospice social worker. Mm, That taught me about dying, plus then I was able to connect to them and see that they made it to the other side. So I was working with the physical who were just transitioning, and then the deceased once they did. Um, So it was an amazing learning process for me. So now I'm capable of combining all of that. All of that at the same time, that's what I do, you know?
0: Yeah. Could you let on while you're working with hospice, any of your psychic things, or did you have to keep that under wraps? No, that I had to keep under wraps. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: You know, I was working strictly with mainstream, but one of the things that I was able to use it for is, you know, when you're in the dying phase, no matter how long it takes, weeks, months, whatever, You're approaching yourself about everything in your life. That's that self review that everybody does. And most of the time, you're closed off and people are trying to protect you. So your caregivers, whether they be your children, friends, neighbors, whatever, um, they don't want to talk to you about you dying um, because they're trying to protect you. And you're trying to protect them because you don't think they can handle, that's how it always was with my clients. Um, They don't think you can handle them talking about dying. So everybody ignored the elephant in the middle of the room. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Well, being psychic, um, I was able to bypass all of that and get to the heart. I would help to open the door for the patient to start speaking and sharing the same thing with the caregivers. So I went to places nobody else could go because I would know them. I would see them. And so in starting a conversation and them opening up the door, then you were welcome to go there. We talked about the deepest things before um, anybody had died. I was able to get their caregivers to talk with them about it. I was able to get them to talk about it and their fears. and so it helped me tremendously be effective working with dying people it it was such a blessing too oh
0: it's it's nice to hear that i have one of my listeners right now who's written to me and she's been diagnosed with a couple of months to live and oh wow it's and i'm reaching even though i have a belief in the afterlife i'm not sure exactly what to say um would you have any words of wisdom? Because I know she's listening. I know that's... I, so. First of all, I'm so sorry
1: that you are going through this. We'll keep it anonymous. But I'm so sorry that you are going through this. And no matter what your beliefs are, no matter what your beliefs are, um, understand that they still don't cushion the pain of loss. Okay. Um, When I was working with my own family members, my own parents, when they were dying, I mean, with all that I know, and I talk with deceased people, right? It was still hurting that my parents were dying. So do not be afraid to acknowledge any of your feelings, they are normal. You're going to go through that. You're going to grieve for yourself. You're going to grieve for letting go and and leaving others that you love. That is going to be absolutely normal. On top of that, you want to add. You want to make sure you really affirm and let go of your fears of dying, your fears about What happens? I will tell you this your soul will leave your body before your heart stops. Souls do not need to experience the actual dying process. It's why, it's why um, others will look at you and they'll say, oh my gosh, um, she doesn't even look like she's there anymore. Um, Her body just looks like a shell. Well, that's because your soul is already stepping away. And believe me, Believe me, it's you will in those moments know that your life is continuing. Do not be afraid of of seeing loved ones now, guides, angels. You're not imagining anything if you happen to see anybody. When you start reminiscing about your home, your childhood, that is basically their way of reconnecting with you so that you can... Trust when when the time comes. Um, acknowledge everything. The most important thing is don't be afraid to talk. Do not be afraid to talk. And if there is somebody around you that cannot talk with you about what you're feeling, find somebody who is. There is always somebody. If you are on hospice, I assure you, the chaplain, the social worker. They are definitely willing to talk with you and allow you to speak. Don't hide your feelings. Embrace everything. Embrace the process. This is, we put these labels on uh, in our life to be able to understand it and cope with it a little bit better. But embrace the fact that leaving the body is actually still part of life. It's, it's how many times have you gotten a new car in your life? I hope you don't say, no, I have only had one car in my entire life. <laughs> no. I can assure you that you've had more than one car, right? right? So you've had more than one vehicle to get through life. This body is only one vehicle that you are using, and you are more than that vehicle. And as you embrace that idea and concept, You will get validation, your dreams, your visions, your feelings. All of a sudden you may feel a peace about you. It's like, wow, um, I'm just all of a sudden feeling so peaceful about things. And I have no idea why Um, it's what happens when you embrace, you will get validation that life continues. Look, we Yeah. Can we have our doubts and fears, especially at the end? And it's so easy sure. for me to speak because I'm not facing that right now. Yeah. I am not facing my mortality. I did at one point. I had a heart attack um, a couple of years ago, um, though it wasn't um, as disastrous. As a matter of fact, it didn't even feel like anything. Um, I, you know, They told me I had a 99% blockage. They put in a stint. I was like, oh, so you're telling me I could have died? And they're saying, yeah, absolutely. We're surprised you didn't. I didn't even have any damage to my heart. So I I realized I wasn't afraid. Really, truly, okay. Um, And the more you recognize the beauty of life and that there's more than, you begin to lose your fear. And let your prayers be about giving you the strength in in your beliefs and your convictions. Let me, remind me how faithful I am, God. I believe in you. I believe that there is life afterwards. Remind me of that. Give me the strength to believe in that even more so. Give me the validation. Hey, angels, come about and start talking with me. I'm not afraid to talk with you. Don't be afraid as best as you can of dying Um, enjoy the life that you had. Stop reproaching yourself of anything you didn't do. Um, Yes, acknowledge your normal feelings throughout this entire process, uh, the good ones as well as the negative ones. Just allow yourself to feel, okay, and go with the flow as much as possible. Um, I'm actually foreseeing it being a peaceful passing when the time comes. There's still some people for you to talk with. Um, you don't mind. I'm just jumping in all of a sudden getting it's a great. psychic feeling. No
0: problem.
1: Okay. I definitely feel that there's people that you need to talk with still um, and release everything out of your heart. What you want to do now is clear out your heart. That's what I'm talking about. Clear it out of negative feelings, clear it out of fears, clear it out of angers, clear it out of anything other than love and fill it with love, fill it with joy. Um, I don't care who you are and how old you are. There have had to be some joyous moments in your life. Think about those joyous moments, recreate them. And and that is the best type of stuff that you can do at this point in your life right now. Vincent, that's fantastic. And just no, no, just no, we have to know. But you know what, Sandra, mm-hmm. it's wow. really like I said, it's easy for me to say that, right? Because I'm not going through that myself. You, you know, are not going through that yourself right now. Okay. So it's easy for us to say that. It's really difficult when you're going through it to
0: be able to acknowledge all of that. But I can say we are all going there. Not one of us is going to escape. And so even to, for all of us who are listening, to start thinking about those questions now, I would think no matter how much time we have left, because the truth is we don't know. We really don't know if tomorrow is our last day or or not. So to live that way now. We don't.
1: We don't, and I'm. I'm. I do want to. I do want to say this. This is a belief of mine. All right. At mm-hmm. this point, Albert Einstein talked about the theory of relativity. Right? He said time is relative. Um, he even said that if time sped up, we would never see it or be able to measure it because everything that we use to measure time with would all be speeding up at the same time. So in other words, the sun would rise and set faster, our watches would move faster, the clocks would move faster, the tides would go in and out faster, and as long as they were doing that all at the same time, we would be measuring it, with. would still seem like the same amount of time during the day. That makes sense. However, the only thing that would indicate the Speed of time is what we felt about it. Now I don't know about you, but we're in June already. I just put my Christmas stuff away. I swear it was the other day, I and know. we are already <laughs> in June. Right. My six-year-old, nine-year-old, and twelve-year-old grandchildren, and they're all feelings themselves time going by fast for the next year that they go into school mm-hmm. they turn around and go oh my gosh i can't believe i'm going to grade two grade three grade five grade six holy cow the time is going by so fast we never said that as children no we said oh my gosh it's dread when is we start school and start counting down the christmas oh my gosh we've got how many days left until Christmas? Oh, it dragged, it dragged, it dragged. I believe because life has been so stressful and because we're not necessarily healing it as quickly as it needs to be healed, that we may be hastening things. It has been shown statistically that over the past couple of years, more people have died than in Past years, and that's in taking into consideration the population and the ratio. More people are leaving. Okay, so your listener, she's not alone. Left and right, all over the place, people are leaving, Mm -hmm. and I believe it's because it's gotten a little tough here. We're supposed to be joyous and living a wonderful life, and I don't know. Maybe we're leaving and getting gaining some other tools, and then coming back down again in order to help correct it. But we have to acknowledge, here's the point, and I'm not being negative. Because leaving this earth is not negative, okay? Eventually, we're not going to come back and incarnate here anymore because we won't need to. We'll just be living that life on the other side there because that's what we want to live. We want to be able to get there. Even the book of Revelation states, God states, eventually my children will overcome the earth and they'll never leave here again. Um, And we won't need to. So there's nothing wrong with going back to the other side. It's the same as there's nothing wrong with coming back down here. But, But we take things so negatively and so harsh. It's one of the reasons why we even kill each other. We think we're taking something away. We think we're punishing somebody. We lash out at each other. So we forget that life continues and that you can't take anything really away from us. Maybe some materialistic things. You can steal my shoes, but you can't steal my soul. If we get over this need to hold on to what we think living is, we'll finally learn how to live. Does
0: that make sense? That's really profound. That does make sense. God, I feel like I'm back in the 60s and I did a whole bunch of drugs just now. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Got. <laughs> <laughs> I well, here's one this more. Like, that's what I... Just one more piece just to tie this together. It's just there's yeah. also that fear for this fine lady and for others of the unknown. Can you give us just a few words when you open your eyes in the hereafter? Are you put in the hospital to heal before you can? be restored from all the people that have crossed that you've dealt with? You just, just a little yeah. bit of, of okay. what you think. And simply, simply, Sandra, okay.
1: We were told that the kingdom of heaven is within us. It resides within us. It's not a place. So there is that side, there is this side. And heaven, quite honestly, can be in either place. Now, when we get over there, Because we're looking back, as soon as you get over on the other side, you hit yourself in the head and you go, oh, my gosh, I should have had a V8.
0: You see the whole picture. (laughs) You're funny.
1: Okay? Yeah. Well, it's true. You see the whole picture. You look behind you. Now, granted, you don't have a body, so there's no pain, right? You, You regain all your unlimited abilities, so there's no limitation. However, you take your personality with you. All right. And you're looking back and you're going, oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm pretty happy with that that I did. Oh, that's really nice. Oh, that wasn't so good. Holy cow. And so you're assessing your life. You're assessing what you did. And you're looking at what you want to fix, what you want to change. Who can you help down here? Maybe you did someone wrong. Okay, but the most important thing on the other side is you're never judged for anything that you do. Okay. We do the judging. We're the ones that feel bad, judge ourselves, punish ourselves or punish each other. On the other side, there's no punishment. There's no judgment. But what there is is you have helpers on the other side. You have more advanced souls and your advanced souls are looking at you and they're going, well, how are you feeling? And you're like, "Oh, wow. Wow. I did. did I mess up down there. Okay. All right. So you made some, you know lower choices that lifetime so what do you think can you let go of it is it okay well i feel really bad i know that those those aren't good choices but i i think i can let go of that because um i'm going to forgive myself of everything and just let go all right great great come on in just go share with everybody everybody is is rewatching the movie back there they're watching Greece with that great actor vinnie jenna um <laughs> so go ahead go back there and watch that with them have fun Or, or somebody comes in and they're like, oh man, no, I messed up. Well, well, how do you feel about that? Oh, no, I don't know if I can forgive myself for that. I don't know what to do. Well, wait, that's not good. What do you think you need to do? Because over here, if you're going to stay over here, it's all about evolving and growing and sharing with each other. And we kind of don't want to share any of your yucky feelings. So what do you need to do to get rid of that? well, maybe I need to go back down again and I've got to arrange with some souls that I hurt to maybe come down and uh, maybe they, I could, they could do something and I forgive them or I don't know, let's figure it out. Well, I'll figure it out with somebody, but I got to do something. I can't just let go of this. All right, well, if that's what you want to do, go ahead. So it is an assessment. It is um a, a deciding what do you need to do to feel your peace? What do you need to do to get to your next level when you get to the other side? Whatever you choose, we'll support you in that. You're completely supported. Sometimes they try to talk us out of things because, believe it or not, Sandra, we'll choose for the crappy things that we experience down here to go through it in order to make up for karmic things, right? Mm -hmm. And and your guides will absolutely do everything to talk you out of that because they don't think that it's necessary because of the concepts of retribution and restitution. And mercy and grace have all to do with what you're going to believe. According to God, everything is merciful and there's always grace, which means you're automatically forgiven for everything. That's it. Bottom line. But if you don't forgive yourself, that's something else. Mm Okay? Okay. And retribution is the concept of an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, whereas restitution is the concept of, well, I know that that was a low choice, so I'm not going to make it again. Now, unfortunately, too many of us hold on to the concept of retribution. I mean, look at our judicial system. Look at what we do to each other. Um, You punch me, I'm going to punch you back. Mm -hmm. You know, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. So we don't just do that with each other. We do that to ourselves. We do that to ourselves. And so, so many things that people go through, they're putting themselves through intentionally just to make up for some stupid thing they may have done in a past life, and they don't need to do that. But in all in all, it ends with a great story a great experience it's the interim that we've got to take care of that's all but it's beautiful on the other side as long as we let it be beautiful but you get a lot of love and a lot of support the entire time
0: that's good news it's really great to listen to you and and time's going by fast are you good to talk for a few more minutes I want to make oh absolutely okay good
1: you got to be kidding shut me up try okay
0: good well I just don't want (laughs) to take too too much of your time but I I really enjoy this and I want to ask you too because I've been to your website there's a lot going on that's great and I find myself obviously from this conversation I could listen to you for hours and the good news is I can (laughs) between the interviews that you've been on and I I know that you offer readings and counseling and I have a sneaky suspicion there may be a few souls that would love to talk to you out of this interview. But also I saw something else that you have five, well it says music, but I think some might be lectures and meditations and things. What are those? And especially the whole stop stopping yourself. You have some some good resources on that page. Meditations, like I said, God and your ego. Absolutely.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yes. On my website, there's an online store that has all of that. And what I've done is I've recorded some of my most powerful lectures. Um, First, God is not working, which is the title of the book that I'm in the process of trying to get published right now which uh, I use my 36 years of experience, all the research that I did while I was going to school in psychology, research I did in metaphysics, um, research I did in spirituality to put together an understanding of, of why we lost track of the most important process and, and uh, trait that we have that makes everything we attempt work. So that's what that lecture is about. Then from there... I created the workshop about Stop Stopping Yourself and Become Unstoppable. Uh, There are anomalies that go on in the human brain that most people are completely unaware of. 95 to 98% of the human mind is in unconscious awareness. That means only 2 to 5% of the entire mind is conscious in conscious awareness. That means... There is so much stuff going on inside your mind. You don't even know it's in there. You're an accumulation of your past, all of your experiences. And that stuff is acting in certain ways that is actually getting in the way because your brain has two highest functions. It's to keep you alive and to protect you in order to keep you alive. And it protects you physically like it raises your temperature when you have a bug inside you in order to make it unlivable for the bacteria or the virus. It also makes you pass out to lay flat when you don't have enough oxygen so that you can take in more oxygen. Well, it does physical things, but it also does emotional things. It helps you to create a set of beliefs to shield and protect you from the original set of beliefs you have about yourself. And there's those anomalies that get in the way. So that lecture is all about how people don't believe what they think they believe. So that's a very powerful workshop. I've actually been bringing that all over the world, um, either by phone or by me personally. Um, I'm including that on a, a new institute that I have become part of um, for Science of Mind and Unity Organization to help. Um, ordained ministers. It's a course that they're going to be uh, required to take. So I've been bringing that around. Then I created other lectures, which are very powerful as well. Uh, God and your ego are one. There is a total misunderstanding as to what your ego truly is. And it's completely contradictory to what most psychologists and even uh, spiritual gurus and authors will say. But once you go through it, You'll understand um, what it is that I'm talking about. And then there's a meditation CD that I'm pretty proud of because um, I tranced the words to that CD. It's three CDs, three hours long, um, and they're guided meditations. And then I had a friend, a master musician in California who tranced the music for it. Um, so it's pretty powerful, and it's, it's they vary in length from 10 minutes to a half hour, and it's things like calm yourself, center yourself, heal yourself, you. um, commune with God, talk with your soul, meet your past lives. So they they have all intentions, um, and people who have used them say that they're really powerful, and they have to start using them a little at a time because of the, the experiences that they're having with that particular set. So thank you for letting me share that. That's what's on my website right now. Um, and hopefully soon a book.
0: I love it. And can I share a little story about stopping, Stop Stopping Yourself? It was just a, something I had written about in my book. Oh, absolutely. I think we don't know how much we're stopping ourselves. And the story I heard was about an, um, an aquarium, well, a big aquarium. And they had these giant fishes in the aquarium and they wanted to put a smaller species of fish in the same water. The problem was, is the bigger fish kept eating the smaller fish. So that wasn't working. So what they decided to do was put the smaller fish in these uh, jars and suspend them around the fish tank. Well, the big fish would ram into the jars trying to eat the little fish. And obviously he couldn't get in there, and he got hurt many, many, many times trying. So eventually, the big fish stopped trying to eat the little fish. Well, what they did, Vincent, is then they took the little fish out of the jars and let them swim freely. And the big fish just stopped going for them because they just knew they'd get hurt. And I just think we are like those big fish fish. How many of us have been stopped unconsciously in the past and don't even realize that right in front of us there's something great and that we can do? So I am thrilled about you sharing the Stop Stopping Yourself. And I know that you're going to be speaking at the Soul Summit Scottsdale coming up in September. And you'll be going to be yes. doing a three-hour workshop about stop stopping yourself and become unstoppable. So I just think what's possible from that for all the participants is to get that you're a big fish and you can eat whatever little fish you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is, they're going to learn even more than that about themselves. It's, it's such a powerful, empowering workshop, an eye-opening workshop um uh, because we really need to get down to the layers of who we are if we try all these different things we want to think we believe that we deserve of a loving, unconditional, loving relationship. We want to believe that we deserve abundance in finances and good health. But in actuality, those are not the things we're truly believing in. And we actually get in our own way because of that. And we will get to the heart of some of your major blockages in that workshop. I'm so excited to be doing that at Soul Summit Scottsdale. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's really great. And for all listeners who would like to attend org to find out more. Now, can you give us a little clue about the cruise coming up? Because that that time, speaking about time going by fast, that's January 2020.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. That's in January. In January, it's a week cruise to the Caribbean. Listen, going through life is like a journey across the sea anyway, right? And people will ask me all the time, how do I um, stay in that path? Now that I've learned some great things, how do I stay in that path? Well, you keep yourself involved with like-minded people. You you attend um, seminars. You go to spiritual centers. And this cruise is two. It's the New Thought, spiritual philosophies, science of mind, and unity coming together in one trip. And you are going to have luminaries on there, spiritual leaders, Temple Hayes, myself, several other spiritual leaders that are going to be doing some workshops and talks. I'll even be doing some readings, but it's about spending time with us. Having a blast in, in this week, um, learning the depth of what you want to learn, picking our minds, asking questions, um, having a glass of wine or two or three and a lot of food, but, but really doing it together with both of those most powerful philosophies. It's going to be an amazing cruise. I'm so looking forward to it. It's filling up pretty quickly, so it would be a great idea for everybody to go and just check it out. And you can check it out on my website. Um, so, so that's another amazing thing that I'm so excited about doing too. What, what a way to
0: start 2020, you know, the right way with the right frame of mind. I think it's great. And your website is vincentgenna.com. Right. With a G E N N A. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for having
1: me on the show, Sandra. You're you're such a great um, host and I appreciate you inviting me. And I wish you all the best in you lighting up the world by sharing everybody else's lights as well. You, that's what's so spectacular about people like you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I just like to share. I do. I'm on the exploration myself. And whatever I get, I like to give. So I, like I told you before we started this interview, I get a little excited and it's like unwrapping a present. I didn't know what was inside, but now for my own life, I am left so empowered And so happy. So I thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. And I feel the same way. You know, the gift of giving, the greatest joy
1: I get is touching a person's soul and heart. So that is what feeds me. And if we each took the time to be able to do that, this world will be totally healed. Exactly the way it's meant to be. And we want to do that. We really do every person wants to do that. Some just don't know how. And others, by listening to shows like yours, reading books, um, watching movies, they're learning how. And and I give everybody credit. So everybody should be at least trying.
0: I think that's great. And being part of a community. So whether you're on a cruise, whether you go to a workshop, even we have We Don't Die listeners Facebook group that everybody's invited to join. It's a great place to just share with like-minded people. Well, Vincent, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My new friend for being with us today.
1: Same here, Sandra. And thank you for having me. God bless and take care.
0: Thank you. And for our listener, thank you for being on this, being part of this interview today. I always picture Vincent's here with me on the couch and you're sitting over here in the chair and it's the three of us having this conversation. And, I hope that you get out for your life every bit that I'm getting for mine, because we're in this together. Our home base is we don't die radio.com, and now you can find 319 episodes. This is episode 319. Wow, of just extraordinary conversations. You can join the Insiders Club, which is my email list, and read a free copy of my book, We Don't Die, as well as get a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief. Because I do acknowledge that it is grief that often can bring us together on a show like this. In closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. And I'm really left with what got Vincent started on this journey in the beginning was him asking from his heart, how can I help another person? And the answers came, these gifts came, these abilities, and he's groomed them to who he is today. So if we can set our eyes on another and just simply ask, how can I help? You never know what's going to open up for you. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.